If you're on social media, then you've probably caught wind of this controversial topic where Generation Z is bashing their older peers of millennials on side parts in skinny jeans, telling them that they're out of style. I have been slightly fascinated by all of this and kind of trying to look at it as a business owner and what this means for marketers, because I think that there's a big lesson that we can learn. So as a baby millennial, I'm 28 years old. Millennials are 25 to about 40-ish right now. As a baby millennial, I can definitely find myself relating to a lot of Generation Z and their habits and what they like and what they expect to see from brands. Um, But I also rock my side part and I'm currently wearing skinny jeans as I record this episode. So let's talk about what skinny jeans and side parts can teach us about marketing. You're listening to the Brandwell Podcast, the business podcast for side hustlers and creative entrepreneurs who want to take their business to the next level. Your host, Victoria Marcoulier, is a wife, mama, and the owner of a branding studio she built from the ground up, Brandwell. With each episode, Victoria and her guests share the behind the scenes of how they built their dream career and give you the expert advice you'll need to build yours. Learn how to show up confidently online as we cover everything from social media, website strategy, email marketing, and a little bit of that mompreneur life in between. Here's your host, Victoria Marcoulier. Okay, let's dive in. If you haven't caught on to this social media buzz about Generation Z telling millennials to stop wearing skinny jeans and to start rocking a middle part, I'm going to guess that you are like a Generation Xer or you just don't frequent your social media pages because it felt as though for a while all I saw while scrolling on my feeds were reels of 30-something-year-old influencers vowing to never give up their side part. And hey, I can relate. I don't think mine's going anywhere anytime soon soon. Understanding the differences in generations and what they like, what they don't like, what they wear, what they don't wear, what they spend their money on, what they don't spend their money on. This has always fascinated me. I was an advertiser major in college and I'll never forget when my professor taught me about the differences between baby boomers and Generation X and how marketers had to shift their approach to appeal to this younger audience. Well, data is repeatedly showing that Generation Z, this generation coming up behind millennials, who the oldest of which are now starting to graduate college and enter the workforce, this is the most unique and difficult to understand generation yet. You might be thinking, why does this matter? I'm not trying to target 18-year-olds. You know, my target audience is 25 to 40 or 30 to 40-year-olds. Whatever your target audience, it matters because with each passing year, these little middle parts are getting older and soon enough, they're going to be smack dab in the middle of your target audience. Unless you're Taylor Swift and you can somehow carry your fans with you from, you know, high school breakups to now hanging out with models in her penthouse in New York... You need to understand how to market to the younger generation because other companies are going to be researching the heck out of Gen Z and they're going to be altering their marketing campaigns to speak to them. Now, mind you, we're going to have a bigger digital footprint more than any other generation before with Gen Z because they're growing up with social media and the internet. Um, Even as a baby millennial, I didn't have Facebook till I was maybe 16 or 17, and I definitely didn't have Instagram until I was in college. But Generation Z, they're also sometimes referred to as the I generation. They have been on social media from their 
early teenage years or some even younger than that, which is kind of sad to me, <laughs> but some even preteens. So we're going to have their online behaviors reaching far back from any generation that we've ever studied before, which I think will be interesting because even though they're more confusing and they're more unique than any generation, we're going to have a lot more insights to look at when it comes to them. So why do middle parts matter? I think it's important to look beyond the hairstyle that Generation Z is bashing and try to decipher what is next. What is the next trend or maybe even the next brand that this up and coming generation of consumers is going to turn their nose up to? Well, I have no intention of giving up my side part. I have every intention of listening to them, learning from them, and tweaking the way that I market my business to better cater to a people group that will likely be starting their own businesses and needing branding or website design in the next five to 10 years. Here's what we know about Gen Z. We know that their loyalty to brands is nearly non-existent. Growing up with these perfectly curated social media profiles, the iGeneration cares way more about building their own personal brand than they do about having some strong association to a company's brand. It doesn't mean that they don't like brands, but the brands that they seem to be drawn to are the brands that promote customer experience, adventure, values, and so forth, not a brand just promoting itself and its benefits. So let's give some examples. Uh, Yeti, this is a company I've been fascinated with over the last five years. Who knew that you could charge $1,000 for a cooler? Actually, their latest product is $1,300. Um, Yeti cannonballed their brand into a pretty saturated market of cooler makers and tumblers and drinkware. And they developed this cult-like following of adventure seekers and people who wanted to keep their beverages cool on their next excursion. So what they did is they changed the narrative instead of talking about why this cooler is so amazing because it keeps your beverages cold for six or eight hours. Other companies had already done that. They tapped into, you know, this um, high tech creation and design that keeps a beverage cold. But what they hadn't done in the way that Yeti did, they didn't tap into the narrative of you can have a more adventurous life or your next excursion is going to be better because of our product. So they made the focus less on their product and why it was so great and more on telling the story of the types of people that use their product. So what that did is it made this community of adventure seekers people that love to go camping in the woods for a week at a time, people that love to go sit at the beach for, you know, the whole weekend with their closest friends. It gave them a place to belong by showing them, hey, all of these people that you admire and that you want to be like, they're using our product. So maybe you should too. Maybe if you use our product, you're going to be like them. All right. So that brings me to my next example, Lululemon. If you read any sort of marketing book that's been written after 2018, you're going to read about Lululemon because they have really created a movement in marketing um, and even in just what you can charge for a product <laughs> uh, like we've never seen before. So they arguably have the highest margins of any fitness company, but they also have a cult-like following around their leggings, not because of their cute little obscure logo, but because of the way that they create community with their clothing. Uh, 
recent campaign that Lululemon has run is a campaign called This Is Yoga. And what they're doing is they're actually trying to insert themselves into the entire yoga movement in our country. Uh, they're saying that yoga is so much more than a mat and stretching. You know, they're showing moms picking up their kids from school wearing Lululemon. This is yoga. Uh, they're showing people walking around town in their athleisure with a Lululemon bag saying this is yoga. So all of these people that, you know, identify as a yogi or as somebody who just loves health and wellness, they now want to have these leggings because in their mind, owning a pair of those leggings gives them a place to belong. And another thing that Lululemon did is they tapped into the power of, you know, influencers and uh, notable fitness instructors in local communities and gave them access to their clothing, maybe at a discount or maybe just by offering some special membership where they can have a referral code. Um, and then that is how they got the word out about their brand. So they did less paid advertising through Facebook and Google ads and TV commercials and they invested more into finding these influencers, whether they're on social media or in real life as, you know, a, a fitness instructor that's well known in their city. And they gave them their product and they said, hey, you wear it because you represent the type of people that we want to serve our product to. So again, they created community with their clothing by using the actual community to promote their clothing. Okay, friends, quick break to tell you about HoneyBook. HoneyBook is a invoicing and customer management tool that I recently switched over to, and I don't know why the heck I didn't do it sooner. It is so clearly designed for the modern day creative entrepreneur. They have thought of everything from the first hello that you have with your customer when somebody fills out a form on your website to that final invoice. HoneyBook makes it so easy and streamlined, and you look dangling legit when you use it. So if you struggle with imposter syndrome or feeling a little bit inadequate when you're onboarding those first clients with your business or your side hustle, HoneyBook will change the game for you. If you want to take 50% off your first year of HoneyBook just to try it out, tap the link in my show notes to use my 50% off coupon code or go to share.honeybook.com forward slash brandwell. That's share.honeybook.com forward slash Brandwell. Now back to our episode about side parts and skinny jeans. Speaking of community, this is another thing that we know Generation Z wants. They want community. They want a place to belong. Um, they're the most inclusive generation thanks to social media and just the vast array of people and races and cultures that pop up on their feed day after day. Generation Z, and I would also add millennials to this, they desperately want to belong to something. We are growing up now where social gatherings are replaced with social media. In-person engagement is replaced with likes on a feed. There will never be a true replacement for human interaction. So there's this big void with Generation Z and the younger end of millennials where they feel like they don't necessarily belong. They want to belong to something bigger than themselves. They're missing some of that one-on-one -on -one interaction that they get, you know, from hiding behind their screen and scrolling on social media every day. And they're looking for a community that they can be a part of. 
While they might be more frugal with their spending when it comes to name brand products, they will spend money to feel like they're a part of something. So chances are you've seen a commercial by Facebook over the last few months. They ran it during the Super Bowl as well, uh, where Facebook is promoting their Facebook groups and how there is a place for everyone on Facebook, no matter how weird or obscure your hobby. Uh, one recent one that I saw that I really liked, it was um, it was called, this. the campaign was called Houseplant Hobbyist, and it shows these, you know, different types of people in all different ages that had houseplants, and they were trying to take care of their houseplants, and they're reading on their phones the, you know, the care instructions for the new plant that they bought, and one of the steps says, sing to your plant. And so they kind of look at it funny, like, oh my goodness, like, do I really start singing to this plant? And then the next screen, you see them, you know, posting videos into this Facebook group of like-minded houseplant owners singing to their plants. And it's just such a great picture of, you know, how people long to belong to something. And maybe they belong to something where they, they feel like it's this weird quirk of theirs, but then they realize other people also have this weird quirk. And and then it creates this really strong bond and this really strong loyalty. Facebook killed it with those ads because they're tapping into a very real need with this up and coming generation. This shift where, you know, Generation Z and the younger era of millennials where they spend their dollars is actually giving us a lot of insight as marketers. And again, before you tune out and think, you know, I'm not a marketer. If you own a business or a side hustle, if you are trying to sell a product or service of any type, you are a marketer, whether you like it or not. Uh, while marketing as we once knew it might be dying, marketing in and of itself will never die. It's a constantly evolving art of crafting messages and telling stories in such a way that captures the heart and mind of the people listening, enough so that they're willing to open their wallets. And this is getting harder and harder to do. So let's look at three practical ways that you can take a lesson from Gen Z and adjust your marketing strategies to set you up for success. The first is experience over everything. Experience is the most important thing that you can spend your money on. Improving that experience in a way that makes people want to talk about you is the best thing that you can do. I shared something on social media a couple of days ago about how two-thirds of your marketing is not actually your marketing. Two-thirds of your marketing is what your consumers are saying about your product or service. So because of this, we have to make them wanna talk. And the best way to make them wanna talk is to genuinely desire to give them the ultimate experience. Not to promise it, not to you know tout these headlines and these marketing claims that make you sound so amazing and then under deliver so you close the sale but now they're no longer happy, but to really care about what they feel when they interact with your brand. If you sell a product, how can you level up your experience? How can your packaging be so next level that people want to take a picture of it and post it on their social media feeds? How can you personalize the experience by writing a handwritten card with every order? Uh, maybe if you're producing, you know, if you're doing mass production and you have so many orders going out every day, who can you hire or who can you outsource to to write a little handwritten note on behalf of the company and say thank you? If you have a service, how can you make their experience working with 
with you over the course of however many weeks it takes to deliver your service? How can you make it so exceptional and so unlike anything they've ever experienced before that they can't help but tell friends about you? If you're a photographer, there are so many ways you can level up your experience. I know some photographers send out, you know, a gift basket when somebody books with them. Um, I know some, you know, get together and do a site visit where they walk through the venue of where they're going to be shooting and say, hey, like, why don't you tell me what you're looking for out of this shoot? Um, you know, getting on a video call with your customer right after they book so that you can kind of celebrate with them. And, you know, I know for me at Brainwell, when somebody, um, you know, takes that next step in hiring us to design them a brand and a website, like I want to make them feel celebrated. That is, uh, it's one, it's a big investment financially. And I want them to know, like, you don't have to be afraid. This is going to be worth the money. Uh, but I also want them to know I'm proud of them for taking this critical next step in their business. So, you know, whether that is sending them a gift or hopping on a phone call with them, hopping on a video call with them immediately just to say, hey, congratulations, that is going to establish a relationship early on in the service that we're providing that's actually going to help us to continually give them a better experience week after week. So, how can you prioritize experience over everything? Another way, a really tangible way that you can do this that doesn't cost you anything is respond to your DMs, respond to the comments. We have to break through this barrier that the internet and automation has created over the last couple of decades. And we have to show that we are approachable. We're not this big corporate business on one end of the screen and you're the lowly person who's giving us your dollars. We have to show that we too are humans, that the person posting this content has a family and a daughter and a son or a sister, and we have feelings and emotions, and we get stressed out too, and we have pain points too. The more automated company does not win anymore. The more human company is the one that's going to succeed. So by responding to the people that are trying to engage with you and to try and connect with you on a deeper level, you are making your brand more more human. And that is going to set you apart from a lot of other businesses who think they don't have time to do that. Number two, create a place for people to belong. Talk to your customers. We talked about that. Get face-to-face if you can, even if it is through a screen or social media. Build community by using hashtags that people can rally around. Um, Share stories of like-minded individuals that make people feel like they're not alone. This is definitely one that we do a lot with Brandwell, and I've seen firsthand how it gets better engagement. When I share a post of somebody that we're working with and I tell the story of the business that they created and how they took it from their, you know, bedroom floor to boutiques across America. That resonates with people because a lot of people that follow Brandwell are in that side hustle season of life. If you're listening to this podcast, you might be a side hustler or a freelancer, or maybe you're in the early years of starting your business and you relate to stories of people who are not overnight successes, but people who put in the work and had to, you know, grind for a few years to get to where they are today. So those stories do really well on our social media feed and on our blog posts and even uh, podcasts. My most listened to podcast was the story of how I started Brandwell and how I took my side hustle full time. So create community by sharing stories that you know are going to resonate with people that follow you and make them feel like they belong. 
Another example of this, uh, why, you know, giving people a place to belong and creating community is so powerful is I did an episode last week on course creation with Alini Haas and Alini shared how you can charge three to four hundred dollars or so for a course teaching people about a topic that you know a lot about, but you can actually triple what you charge, meaning you can charge upwards of a thousand dollars if you simply add in a community aspect at the end. So a Facebook group where all of the people that are a part of this course can get together and they can collaborate, they can share what they're learning, they can share what's worked for them. That is incredible, you guys. That is so powerful that you can charge three times as much simply to give them access to a community. Mind you, Facebook groups are free, so that doesn't cost you anything, but it adds so much value to what you're offering. So consider starting a Facebook group for your brand uh, where you can invite anyone that's bought from you to that group and they can share their stories. The third and final takeaway that I have for you guys today is be prepared to change. Brands better learn to adapt or you just might end up in the category of side parts and skinny jeans. Millennials are beginning to tune out commercials by looking at their phones when a commercial comes on TV, um, ignoring sponsored ads that we've seen too many times. And Generation Z, even more so, has completely canceled traditional advertising. This generation pays for premium services that remove ads for them. They have ad blockers on their phones and on their computers. They use ad-free streaming services to watch TV. I'd be interested to know the percentage of Generation Z that actually pays for traditional cable. I bet you the vast majority of this generation has services like Hulu TV or YouTube TV where they can actually eliminate advertisements because their brains have been rewired now where they don't look at ads. They just don't see them. So if we can't advertise our business to this next generation of consumers, who can? And the answer is your consumers. The people that have already bought for you or the people that are buying from you today, those are the people that are going to be your best marketing tool and your best selling tool in the months and years to come. You have to focus on the experience. You have to give them a place to belong and you have to adapt with them so that they can be your two-thirds of your marketing message. I read a statistic the other day in a book that I'm reading that said content shared by a individual about a brand in their authentic voice receives 600 to 700% more engagement than if the brand would have shared it themselves. Okay, I'm going to repeat that because that's that's profound. Content shared by an individual in their authentic voice about a brand. So let's say, you know, your friend talking about a product that they just purchased is going to get 600 to 700% more reaction and engagement than if the company itself shared that product or shared about that product. So we see now the power that our consumers hold when it comes to marketing our brand. And if we're not doing everything that we can to tap into that power, to elevate the experience that we're giving, to make our product better so much so that they can't help but tell their friends about it and share about it on social media, we're going to get left behind. 
I hope that you found this episode intriguing and fascinating the way I have found studying this next generation of consumers to be so fascinating. If you did, I would love, love, love if you could take two seconds to leave a little five-star rating. Um, If you want to take five seconds and tap out a, a review, you can do so. But even just hitting those star ratings helps a lot and will help me keep producing more content week after week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in to the Brandwell Podcast. If you're a side hustler or creative entrepreneur looking to take your business to the next level, subscribe to the podcast so we can continue to cheer you on week after week by providing practical advice on how to grow your business. For show notes or to learn more about what we covered in today's episode, head to brandwelldesigns.com. Until next time, keep branding well.